Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Con Report. Wherever you get your podcast, you watch it on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media. That's A-M-P-I-R-E. Always much appreciated when you tune in. And don't forget, you can read my work on ESPN.com. And up now is a story about how the Finance Committee meeting went with prospective owner Josh Harris and one of his partners, Mitchell Rails. We, um, we, ESPN, we, for ESPN, we talked to Jim Irsay, and he was very optimistic about where this was headed. Don't want to bore you with the de- details, but he said that it could be decided in the next month or two at the latest. So head to ESPN.com to get the full story from that. So let's, I want to continue on the field. So that, there you go. That's what you need to know with that. Looking good. And there you go. Also, I told you that I would do a private Zoom. So I'm going to give you what you need to do. Just tell me. I'm going to take a couple of people off Twitter, a couple of people off YouTube. Tell me what your favorite game was in franchise history and why. That's it. First first couple I find on, on Twitter, first couple I find on YouTube, we invite you in for a uh, private Zoom Monday evening. I'm going to go 7.30 Monday evening. So if you can't make it, let me know. But that's when we're going to do it. And there you go. Favorite game in franchise history and why. So, all right. Now, let's get onto the field for the third day of the commander's mini camp. And by the way, they moved this practice indoors because the air quality index was not very good today because of those Canadian wildfires. We didn't get the same stuff they had in New York, but it was very hazy and the air quality index was, was pretty high. So it wasn't good. You, when you were out at the facility, we got out in the parking lot. Anybody who was out here knows you could feel it, you could smell it. And so they moved indoors. So there you go. Also, they are going to have another practice open to the media that will be next Tuesday. It was one they weren't sure if they were going to have it or not. Remember, they got that week of OTAs taken away. They weren't sure if they're going to have this practice or not. And certainly we didn't know if it'd be open to the media. They're going to have it, and it is. So next Tuesday will be the final off-season practice of the off-season, off-season practice. So there you go. Um, and I will be there to do another wrap-up like this. So, all right, cool. There you go. Also, Curtis Samuel, the last couple of days has been, he participated in individual sessions, some group drills, but when they got to the full team, was not going. Ron Rivera said there's really nothing big because he's, he's been participating. They just kind of, he said it's kind of maintenance stuff. So I think it's just taking it easy and making sure nothing happens. And if there's any, if you're feeling anything, then just kind of shut it down for those full team drills. I will say Samuel has been going pretty hard this spring. A few other veterans weren't working, weren't working in full team stuff. Kendall Fuller was among those. So it wasn't like he that Samuel was the only one, but it is, you know, that was, but he, for him, it's been a couple days this week like that. <clears throat> um Rivera also said that this is no surprise that Sam Howell will he's done enough to maintain the QB1 status as we go forward. And meaning into training camp because nothing's going to change in one day they like where he's at. And I will stress that. And like, we see the, again, we see the results of plays. There were several plays today where he's like, okay, not a great result, whether it's a pick, a deflection, whatever. But what they're going to see is what kind of progress is he making? How is he in the meeting rooms? How do guys respond to him? How is he, what kind of decisions are, is he making and, and why? 
etc. The other thing that Rivera talked about, and this is one of the things he told us, he likes the quick his quick twitch, the quick twitch aspect of his game. That's something that I've heard from Rivera a number of times over the last couple of years when he's looking for a quarterback, a guy who has that quick twitch. Well, he's got that. They like they like his arm talent. They like his decision making in general. Like they do like that. So, you know, they know he's young. They know he's going to make mistakes. That's how you learn and grow in this league. Every young quarterback makes them. The key is do you have enough around the guy to mitigate the pressure on him? So for you know, when Rothis not comparing to this, but when young quarterbacks who have excelled in this league, Roethlisberger, Brady, whoever it was, when they come in, they have enough around them to lessen the burden on them. That's what this team needs to get to. So whoever it is, whatever level how it gets to, you can win. You don't just need the quarterback to go out and throw for 300 yards every game and be a star. You need to take care of the job and not put the team in bad spots. You have a very good defense. You have a potentially solid running game, if nothing else, and you do have weapons around you. So you just need to be smart and make good decisions. And I think they can take it from there. Anyways, those are all the things. But again, when you go back to the quick twitch, the arm talent, those are the things that Rivera said that they really like and, and that hasn't changed. So again, not a surprise that he'd say that. There's been we've seen nothing to suggest that they would go anywhere else. I think if he looked if he looked really bad, well, then you'd have to say, well, you know, we'll see. That's not the case. So, and Jacoby Brissett's actually done a nice job. They're very, they're different style quarterbacks, and how Howell has thrown a pick probably every practice. But you have to understand again, what are they trying to do? Um, the the, the D backs are pretty good. They're they're having a good spring. And, um, you know, what is how reading and is he improving and progressing in those areas? Is he making the same mistake twice or not? Those are why those are reasons that things that they're going to look at and reasons why they keep him right now in that role. A lot of red zone work today, a lot of focus with that on the tight ends. And that's been a focal point throughout the spring. And it's a big change from last year. One of the things I heard a lot about after the season ended, especially when talking about Scott Turner was the, I think, the desire to get the tight ends more involved, especially in the red zone. And that's one guy in particular, but actually right now it's really at least three of them can be red zone threats. But Logan Thomas, Logan Thomas does a really good job with contested catches, understanding how to get the ball in those tight spots and they can find them there. In fact, there was one throw, and I'll get to this later, that Hal made to him that kind of um, symbolizes that. But it has been a point of emphasis, uh, and and I, I think they're going to be a, a bigger factor in the game. Keep in mind, though, like while when they're only going to throw so many times, so we're going to sit there and tell you like, oh, they could have this, they could have that. These guys be more involved. This guy more involved. Somebody's going to be less involved because they're not going to be throwing more than they did. They're not going to be throwing a ton every game, and you do want to run the ball. You want to get – you know, Ron Rivera talked about Antonio Gibson. You got Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson and Curtis Samuel. So if you're going a lot to the tight end, you're taking you're taking uh, reps or not reps, but you're taking um, chances away from guys who also are playmakers. And one of the things that I heard again in the offseason before they hired the coordinator, find ways to get the playmakers the ball. And they one thing that stood out to them with Bienemy was the creativity in finding ways to get playmakers the ball. And I think we're seeing some of that in practice without a doubt. One of the, Again, I, I mentioned his name the other day, but speaking of tight ends, Curtis Hodges has had a good spring 
I know they're pretty high on him. Rivera mentioned him when somebody asked about the tight ends or asked about um, something with the weapons. And he certainly, he mentioned how well Hodges has looked this spring. There was one, there was one time, one time, one of the times I focused on, he's got some good feet and does a nice job creating some separation. There was one time though, I saw him on a little crosser, was unable to avoid the traffic, but you know, it's one play. So, you know, and I don't even know what happened on the play. It's just something I saw. No, no big deal. Um, last year, one of the things that, again, I think one of the things that jumps out is how with, with the throws to, to um, Logan Thomas. And there was one he made today where it was seven on seven. He had just thrown a pick in the right corner of the end zone. Troy Apke got him. Apke's actually, he's, he's made a couple of plays the last few days. Don't worry. He's way down on the list for, for safeties. If he makes it, it's all about special teams. They have a bunch of safeties ahead of them. So take a deep breath. He's a special teams guy. And he's not taking a spot that some young stud safety is, is going to need. Because if you're a young stud safety, you're on the roster. Anyway, so just get that settled. So anyway, so don't go overboard with this. But after you did make a nice play on a ball that Howell threw, tried to get Jahan Dotson in the corner. On the next play, this is what I like. On the next play, he finds Thomas in a tight zone setting. Apke was right on one side, but he, boom, the bullet in there. Good target for by by Thomas. You know, good spot where there's no, you know, there are two guys right there, but he put it in there. But that's the kind of stuff that Thomas can help you with. And it was a little bit puzzling how, why he wasn't used more in the red zone. And I know some of it was there was some injury stuff. You know, uh, it wasn't quite himself early on but he was getting there as the season progressed and he still wasn't being used up there. I do think that's going to be a lot different this time. Again, the DBs look good. We saw, we continue to see the length and how Emmanuel Forbes uses that length. I think Benjamin St. Juice does that as well. There were a couple of times where Forbes reached around and deflected a pass, did that on one throw to Dotson, 20, uh, 25, I write down the number. St. Juice had one against Dotson out of the slot. It was a slot fade to the left, very patient feet. Dotson gets to the corner, but the throw is going to go higher and a little bit wider because St. Just had the patient feet, matches them. You've got to throw over the top. And with that length to a smaller guy, it makes it difficult, but it was a good job by St. Just forcing that kind of a throw. In 11-on-11 work, one of Howell's best throws was a seam ball to Antonio Gibson. Gibson's going to be one to watch. And I think this is going to be curious to see. Like, And again, we probably said this every year. Oh, this is the year. They're going to find more ways to give him the ball. I do I do think with the enemy, that will be the case. But again, all this stuff in the spring and the summer sounds really good. But when you get into the games, are you able to create those opportunities for everybody? Can you create more opportunities for everybody or just better opportunities? And I think in some cases, it may be better opportunities or they may tap more into what Gibson can do. Because one of the things they wanted to do last year is use Gibson and Robinson at times in the same backfield. I think, but Robinson being shot, those plans changed. I think you may see a little bit more of that this year, but I also like the way they've been, where they've been having Gibson run routes from. I don't know that it's dramatically different than last year, but I do think he can, he's a versatile route runner was out of the backfield, lined up wide, whatever it is. And he's got good hands. And I think he's has even better hands than when I remember watching him in college. And I think he's got, he seems to have softer hands. So I think that's something to watch, but on this seam ball, just right. A really nice ball from, from how well-designed play takes it. 
so that's another one. And then there, there was one. Um, he, Howell has a, had a little touchdown to Dotson, who beat Rashad Wild Goose. Wild Goose has actually been pretty solid at times this camp. So I'm curious to see what he does this summer when the pads go on. He's been working in the slot, and he'll go in the slot when they use St. Juiced and Fuller on the outside or St. Juiced and um, Forbes on the outside. Wild Goose will be inside. Sometimes it's St. Juiced on the inside with Fuller and Forbes as well. And then you also have Quan Martin who can play in that slot and also of course play safety on one. On, there was another throw that Howell had there's a little flat route to Dax Milne for a score on the same play. And I bring it up because on that play, I didn't see what necessarily happened. I was watching the other side because you had Quan Martin matched up against Cole Turner, one-on-one split wide left. So what's going to happen? That's, that's a certainly a potential mismatch right there. Now it creates an opening on the other side and that's why they went to their side. But I think they also, you know, on that play, I thought Martin did a good job using his leverage on the inside, not not letting Turner body him up to the inside, but maintaining enough depth that if they had thrown like a, some sort of route to the corner to use Turner's size there, that it would have been a difficult throw. So just a really good leverage, I thought, by Quan Martin. Did you know the largest ropes course and zipline park in the country is right here in the DMV? Located in the heart of Montgomery County, the Adventure Park at Sandy Spring combines climbing and zip lining to create an aerial obstacle course unlike any other. With challenges anywhere from 10 to 75 feet in the air, there is something for all skill levels. Looking for some family time or the perfect date night before football season starts? You can even climb and zip line under the stars. Would you rather keep your feet on the ground? Give axe throwing a try. With their projector systems, you can throw at traditional targets, play tic-tac-toe, connect four, or even hunt zombies. Listeners of this show can get $5 off any ticket by entering the code KIME23DC at checkout. That's KIME, K-E-I-M, 23DC. So there you have it, folks. Climbing, ziplining, axes, food, and bonfires right in your backyard. The weather is warming up, so it's the perfect time to head outside and join the adventure at www.theadventurepark.com. That's www.theadventurepark.com and enter promo code KIME23DC. I think Jacoby Brissett had a couple of really nice throws as well. He had uh, one that looked like we had some, because they're practicing indoors, you have one field. When they're outside, when they're outside and they go full team work, I can go way down by like the corner of the end zone and you get an unobstructed view of what's going on in the field. So you can see how things develop, see how things happen. When you're in the bubble, you may be blocked by an offensive lineman because, and we can only go to like the 20 yard line. So I can't go too far down and watch. So it's a little bit more difficult, but on this play, it looks like, he threw um, with, I think Patterson may have caught it like an over-the-shoulder type catch, but just a nice ball by Brissett to put him in position to make the play, and it would have been it would have been a touchdown. But it was a good, really good throw. And Patterson, again, I'm telling you, his hands are better, and he's been working a lot on that. Now, where it goes from here, I don't know because when you look at the running back room, you have Gibson and Robinson, you have Williams, and you also have Chris Rodriguez. So it's it's going to be a tough one for Patterson. I. You know, I'm sure they'll try to keep him around, but his hands are better. And, you know, the funny thing is, I think Rodriguez has done a nice job with his hands. It wasn't a big thing for him at Kentucky because it didn't need to be. 
But as you know, I had their OC on, on my podcast earlier, a couple, like a month or so ago, talking about Rodriguez and they felt, he felt he could handle this role. It's just that they didn't need him to at Kentucky. There was one where from Brissett, little three-step drop, Pat, throw to the right, little bit wide for Rodriguez, but makes a lunging catch and then turns upfield and dives over the end zone. So just a, a good play by him, but it shows it shows the hands and the athleticism that he has that he can make a lunging grab like that and and still and and come up with it. Um, by the way, I mentioned the DBs. Percy Butler had another pick today. I think he's had he's had a good spring based on you know my two cents of what we know and what we've seen. Again, got to show it in the summer, but he's he continues to develop. And I think he's a guy that they've been excited about. Derek Forrest, another guy who continues to get better. And so there you go. Now, offensive line. It's hard again, it's hard to tell um what really is going on when you're no pads on. I think it's just guys don't go quite as hard because you're you're banging each other. You don't want to get anybody hurt. So I was watching some of the drills and just some of the offensive tackles, and there was a drill where you have um, two two guys with blocking bags in front of you, and it, it basically to simulate, if you're a tackle, it's simulating a guy rushing one side, a guy rushing rushing to your outside, a guy rushing inside. So you got to hit the bag, slide you slide your feet, hit the bag, turn, slide your feet, hit the other bag, or just not even turn, but just slide, slide, slide. And when watching that, you know, it's funny because you're watching like Andrew Wiley, very consistent, very balanced, moves his feet, gets in front of the bag, good hand placement very consistent with it, you know, cause you hit the bag, then you got to slide to the other bag. And he was, he was maintained his balance each time. Charles Leno, very slimmer. And then when you watch some of the younger guys and especially Braden Daniels, and I'm focusing on him because they're trying to make him a left tackle. I think there's just a lot of work to be done there in this, in this one sometimes. And I wouldn't just see it on him, but because he's a draft pick and because he's, he plays tackle, I want to just kind of focus on that. Just where he's at with things to see where he gets to this summer. So there was one where a couple of times where it's like the weight is off shifting, kind of shifting, maybe, maybe getting his hands over here, but keeping his weight over here. And you're just, it's a great way to get off balance. And I think that's something that he'll just, we'll see how he progresses with that because that is something once you start getting that, it can help you of course, in a game. And the thing is, I think some of that stuff carries over into the games based on what I've seen on film and based on what I've seen in practice, to be honest, because there have been a couple of times, even today, where you would see him get a little bit, he gets a little bit off balance if he has to move his feet too much. It's not It's not that he has slow feet. It's more about reminding your feet to go and take you there versus taking your hands there first. Trust your feet to get out there. I think when he doesn't do that, you see him lunging and bending a little bit. That's where he gets in trouble. And that's something they're going to have to just coach out, coach him out of. That's why you coach those guys because you, you know, you get a guy that has some traits and he has definitely has definite traits. And then you coach him to get him to where you need to go. Anyway, so that's 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 it on him. And sometimes with his hands too, you get more consistent, but there you go. Linebackers, and this is something I haven't really talked about, but obviously they signed Cody Barton the offseason. And but the last this past week, the guys who were with the with the stars all the time were Kalik Hudson and David Mayo. There you go. Jamin Davis still not back on the field yet. So I think, and I think if if um Davis is healthy, you know, clearly he's in there instead of Mayo. But I'm curious to see how where Barton goes, but also where Kalik Hudson goes. 
because he had a really good final game. And I think it opened their eyes. And he even says he thinks it opened their eyes. And I even I, I talked to him after practice today and for a couple of minutes, and I'll play that interview at some point over the next few weeks. But so I talked to him and it's like, you know, what was different? He said, really, it was just more about opportunities because there were times he'd go in games before and like he was kind of inconsistent covering and all that, but he had a chance to show all of what he could do in a game. And even in the offseason, when I would ask about signing another linebacker, you would hear eventually you would hear, you know, Cleek really had a good game. And so they, that last game. So I think it really kind of opened their eyes. Like, could he be that third guy when you need to put someone in there? And they're again, they're not going to use very many three linebacker sets, but can he you can you use him in certain roles? Can you use him as a third linebacker? There was one time today where was, they had four D linemen, one linebacker was Hudson, and then six defensive backs. That's a lot of speed on the field in the back. And if you're playing certain quarterbacks, like let's say a Kyler Murray, you may want some of that, you don't want some of that speed out there because that's and actually having said that. Murray's not going to be ready for that opener. So I think that's, you know, be more like if you faced a guy like Lamar, not in the summertime, but in the season, those are the kind of things you might do, but it does give you some defensive versatility. If you knew that now, obviously Jamin would be in that role in a season in, during the season, but if something happens, do you have another guy who can do that? So I'll be curious to see where that situation goes at linebacker. Um, so, you know, just, just something to point out and just something to watch where it goes once training camp begins. Anyway, I think, oh, no, I'm not done because I have more EB highlights, more Eric Bieniemy, And I think, listen, I don't always want to tell you like, oh, Eric Bieniemy said this in practice. Oh, he said this to this guy. Except that I think it's fun. I think it's interesting. But I also think it's indicative of where they're at right now because you did not hear these level of demands the last few years. You just didn't. You didn't hear guys going, having to run again very often, run a play again or run a rep again or, or anything. So, and he's not afraid to get on anybody. And he was, he got on Jahan Dodson. He's, you know, he'll say something to him. There was one, in fact, here we go. Jahan Dodson, the first one I'm going to tell you about. So it's just, it's a, it's a routes on air. So you got coaches, kind of defensive guys, just getting ready for the team drills, but it's not a time to slack. So on this one, Jahan runs a route, runs in, out, back in, catch the ball, go. EB wasn't happy because... As he said, this is not this is not no half-ass drill. Wanted him run again because he felt he wasn't going full speed. So Dotson goes again, goes full speed. That's it, one. That's it. So, you know, but he'll get it and he'll praise you after afterward. But he's going to make you like, if you're not going a certain way, you're going to do it again. There was another time. And I wasn't sure exactly, it's hard to know like what was going on here. So on this one, and I wasn't sure if it had something to do with the route, Howell threw a ball to the back of the end zone to, to Antonio Gibson running, has kind of split in the backfield, just a route down to the back of the end zone. And I thought, well, did was it timing off? Did he run, not run the route right? Except that on the next play, I may, you know, I'm not sure exactly what happened. All I know is that Biennemi wanted them to run it again pretty adamantly wanted him to run again. The next time he went to how goes to Logan Thomas in the back corner of the end zone. So it may have just been the read bottom line is if you're not doing it right, he wants you to run it again. Then there was another one with Deami Brown. Um, see what try. Oh, there was a route. It was with Brown. It was with Jacoby Brissett. So Brown is lined up outside to the left 
runs down to the corner, cuts out. The depth may not have been the best because on the play, I remember noting, oh, Jacoby looked late on that throw. He was he waited too long. Now it was, but you don't know. I just know he was the throw was late, but why it was late, I don't know. Well, clearly from the enemy's perspective, is because Diami ran the wrong or didn't run it to the right depth. And so the next play runs it just a little bit deeper. The ball's out on time. He turns, ball's there. And it was just another thing. And then after the play, Brown goes up, went up to Bienemy and the two chatted about it for a minute or so. And then they went on. And then there was there was another time where he did get on Brown because he said there was there was one play where I don't think he ran the right route. And he said that would have been a touchdown to you and was not happy when he said that. Another time there was a ball to um, Kedrick McGowan and or Kerrick McGowan and Wild Goose reaches around to flex it. But what Biennemi didn't like, he said that we've got to make those contested catches. So in other words, make yourself, put yourself in position to make that contested catch. And um, yeah, so anyway, that's it. That's the EB report. But I do think all that stuff helps. I don't know what kind of coordinator he's going to be. I don't know what kind of play caller he's going to be, but I don't, I do know he's a demanding coach. And, and I do think that details matter when you're running these plays, because sometimes these plays like a lot of these plays are going to be the same. A lot of the, the 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 cover beaters you're going to have for an offense are going to be very similar from one to the next. It's the details of the job that are going to matter. And if he can get them better with the details, then he can make them a better offense. So there you go. That's it for me from date three of Washington's minicamp. I'll be back on Monday talking to the voice of the commanders, Bram Weinstein, about what he saw from the commander's minicamp in the first few weeks of the preseason, excuse me, of the off-season workouts and the practices. And I'll be, and then we'll also, again, we'll have the OTA practice, the final OTA practice on Tuesday. That will be the final OTA wrap-up practice podcast from me. Um, and then don't forget the little, the little Zoom session, your favorite game and why. Drop me a line on Twitter or drop me a line on YouTube. If you do it on YouTube, I need to find a way to contact you because I've had someone con- do that before and then they don't respond. So if you do put some on there, please check back and I'll tell you how we can get hooked up um, from there. So appreciate you. And, and the whole reason I'm doing it is because I appreciate everybody and how they've helped this channel grow and for tuning in. And, and there you go. My way of saying thanks to you. All right, that's it for me. I'll talk to you next time.